It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Jesse Brown, co-producer and publisher of The White Saviors. First of all, thank you for listening to our series. We have been overwhelmed by both the number of people who have listened to the show and by the encouraging feedback that we've received. Many of you have asked if we are planning on releasing more episodes of The White Saviors or a sequel. Anything is possible, but what you are hearing right now is not that. This is not a new documentary story. This is information from me, a reporter who is covering We Charity. This is for people who are interested in new details that we have learned since publishing our story. And this is where you'll find some context on what this new information means. So let's get started. Okay, in the last episode of The White Saviors, you heard about how in the fall of 2020, We Charity, engulfed in scandal, announced that it would be closing forever in Canada. Analysis that you heard about that decision was that this was a tactical move by the Kilbergers to, to firewall the scandal, to essentially cut off an infected limb before the disease spread to its other operations, to the United States. Okay, so here is what we have learned about that since. I obtained an email that was sent from Craig Kilberger to the Illinois-based Allstate Foundation. Now, Allstate is the largest corporate donor to the WE organization. They have donated more than $90 million since 2014. And this email that I obtained, this email was sent shortly after Craig Kilberger, along with his brother Mark Kilberger, told Canadians that they would be winding down WE Charity in Canada, that they would be closing their charity in the country where it was born and that they were doing so in order to protect their international development projects in Kenya. But the message that Craig Kilberger told the Allstate Foundation was quite different. He made no mention of closing We Charity in Canada. What he said was that they were scaling back in Canada, and that the reason why they were doing so was not to salvage humanitarian operations in Kenya, but in order to, quote, lean in and protect the United States and to build on our impactful relationship with Allstate. Craig told Allstate that, quote, our sights have been set on a U.S.-based growth strategy, further evolving our service learning offering to support teachers and empower students in an evolving education landscape. He went on to say that they wanted to move, that they are open to relocating their base of operations and scaling up U.S. human resources upon securing partnerships and accessing new educational realities. 
So what you have here is uh, an email to Allstate. In the context during this, We Charity is shedding its corporate sponsors, uh, KPMG, uh, Virgin, uh, Tech Mining, all of these other corporate donors, many of which are based in Canada, cut their ties with We Charity. But Allstate Foundation, Craig is appealing to them to secure their partnership, to build on their partnership, to give We Charity much more money. And, and he is willing to bring We Charity to the United States with a focus not on international development, but on their service learning programs. And this is what they've partnered with Allstate on in the past. This is the programming that they provide in American classrooms. Now, Craig Kilberger makes no mention in this email of any of their troubles in Canada, of any of the investigations from parliamentary committees, uh, the political scandal. None of that is even referenced in this email to Allstate. Now, that, I am told from a source with knowledge of the matter, was an omission that irked the CEO of Allstate, Tom Wilson. Wilson, I was told, felt that Craig Kilberger was trying to obscure the fact that they were forced to close in Canada due to the scandal, perhaps hoping that Allstate was not aware of the scandal or the extent of that scandal. The other major update I have on the status of We Charity as an international development organization is that they have announced that they will be closing their humanitarian aid work in all countries but one. So this means that the We Village model, the work that they have done for everything from clean water to uh, health and education in countries like Ecuador and India, Sierra Leone and Haiti, uh, those will all be finished. Uh, the We organization says they'll be completed by the end of the year. I think the wording around that might bear some scrutiny. What the We organization is saying is that they always had sustainability in mind. They always planned on leaving those communities, leaving those countries once their work was done, mission accomplished, and uh, they have achieved sustainability and their work in, in Haiti is complete. Uh, the timing of that announcement is unfortunate. Haiti is still reeling, of course, from Tropical Storm Grace and political unrest. I don't believe that there are other international aid organizations claiming to have achieved their goals in Haiti at this time. So the big picture here, as the dust clears from everything that happened with We Charity, everything that was documented in our series, it seems that what is left is a much more focused organization, no longer trying to uh, rid the world of child labor, no longer doing international development all across the globe, and decreasing funding and support to Kenya, the, the one country abroad where We remains active, while leaning in to their operations in the United States. So going forward, the focus is on service learning programs, free lessons and curriculum and programs that are sponsored by corporations, including still, it seems, Microsoft and Dow Chemical. Now, this, I believe, is, is a key point and perhaps the most surprising thing currently about the WEA organization. Right now, as I record this in late September, there are hundreds of thousands of American school kids who are being connected in their classrooms by their teachers to the WE organization. They are being taught with materials provided by the WE organization and its corporate partners. They are being solicited to get involved in all kinds of campaigns, fundraising. And unless those kids happen to pay attention to the Canadian media, or, or unless they happen to have read uh, stories in Bloomberg Businessweek, uh, or if their parents miss those stories, or if their teachers miss those stories, which I think is likely, 
all of those people are engaging with the WE organization without the knowledge that this is a charity that was forced to close forever in Canada because of a major scandal. There are currently two WE organizations. If you are a Canadian and you visit the WE website, you go to we.org, you will find essentially a memorial page. There is an update on the status of their closure, and then there is a list of all of their accomplishments over their 25 years of philanthropy. Uh, it's interesting to note, by the way, that they removed the claim that they built 1,500 schools. That's no longer visible on their Canadian homepage. But if you visit we.org from an American IP address, you will see the website of a functioning philanthropic organization. They are still using the tagline, we makes doing good doable. You will still see the claim that they have built 1,500 schools and you will find brand new teacher resources. This includes an anti-racism module. There is no mention that We Charity apologized to its own racialized employees uh, after these employees launched a campaign called We Have a Problem, which accused the We organization and Mark Kielberger of systemic racism and specific acts of racism. You'll find a brand new school kit for teachers, which includes 16 mentions of Microsoft. It's business as usual for the We organization in America. And this is not happening on a small scale. Um, by the WE organization's numbers, they're active in 1,400 schools in the state of California, 1,100 schools in Illinois. Based on their numbers, I think we're talking about as many as 10,000 participating schools in the United States. And that would certainly mean hundreds of thousands of participating students, but quite possibly millions of children involved. I would advise some caution on just accepting their numbers. As you will recall from our series, um, former employees of the WE organization have accounts of being told to exaggerate or even fabricate numbers uh, in terms of the, the impact and reach of the organization. In other cases, uh, there are impressive numbers and accolades um, that the WE organization have used, which were achieved, um, but through uh, perhaps dubious practices. Here I will digress a little bit um, and share with you some new information, which we have not reported before. If you visit Craig Kilberger's Twitter account, the first thing that you will read in his bio is that he is a New York Times bestselling author. That is true. It is also true that Rob Benvey is a writer who used to work for the WE organization as a ghostwriter. Rob has gone on the record with us, and he offers some insight into how the WE organization got its books onto the New York Times bestseller list. And what he tells us is that um, they would send two employees off in a van for months, driving to bookstores across North America to buy all the books, artificially driving up sales numbers. They then mailed the books back home to have them recirculated for WE organization events. This was not a secret. In meetings, Mark Kilberger openly claimed that this was just what everyone does. So that's what Rob Benvey told us. I took that to the WE organization to, to, to ask them if they had a response, and they did not respond. That's unique, by the way. They typically do respond and have done so in the past um, when I've asked them for comment. Now, I don't know if that lack of a response is particular to that question or if they are no longer responding to questions from Canada land in light of the legal situation between the WE organization and this news company. More on that in a minute. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. 
Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. On August 19th, lawyers representing We Charity sent our news organization a notice of libel, accusing us of making baseless allegations of fraud and criminality in our series, The White Saviors. Now, the interesting thing about that is that we received that libel notice on August 19th, but we did not publish the first episode of The White Saviors until August 20th. This was a preemptive libel notice based on the trailer for The White Saviors. Their lawyer, William McDowell, wrote that, quote, we are extremely concerned about the expected content of the podcast. And he asked us to withhold publication of the podcast. Needless to say, we went ahead and published our series, and we prepared to be served with a lawsuit. Libel notice, by the way, is not a lawsuit. It is the prelude to a lawsuit. It essentially says, we maintain that you have libeled us, remove the libelous content and apologize, or we will sue you. Uh, Or in this case, a kind of a unique case, we think that you're about to libel us, don't publish what we think you're about to publish, or we will sue you. They have not sued us. Now, that could change at any moment. They they could be preparing the lawsuit right now. If that does happen, um, and if that does happen, we will keep you informed about any legal battle that follows and about what we learn in the process, because, of course, um, a lawsuit like that does include uh, a phase of discovery in which they would uh, have to hand over a lot of documentation concerning matters uh, which um, we've been unable to get clarity from them in the past. But that hasn't happened yet. We have not heard from their lawyers since that libel notice was sent one month ago. So yeah, they haven't sued us, um, but that is not to say that there has not been a response to our series. Carolyn Mora is the current country director for We in Kenya. That's Peter Ruhiu's old job. Now, she responded to the White Saviors, uh, publishing a series of articles uh, that were directed at me personally. Uh, The headline for one, Jesse Brown is a modern-day colonialist. Another piece that she published, Jesse Brown is worse than an anti-vaxxer. You can read these articles if you care to. Uh, We'll include a link to them in the show notes. In addition to those posts, this other strange thing happened. As we were publishing The White Saviors, word spread about it. And, and, you know, many people took to Twitter to recommend the show to their followers, uh, to discuss things from the show. Uh, Some just had nice things to say about the show. And just about anyone who did that, anybody who talked about our podcast on Twitter would get a response. Kenyan employees of the WE organization, along with several Kenyan Twitter accounts with very large followings, posted over 2,000 tweets about the White Saviors. Many of them were the exact same tweet, repeated. And and the way that this would happen would be, like, if you were to go on Twitter and and say something positive about the White Saviors, you would pretty quickly get a response from a person from Kenya. And they would say, why are you trying to tear down a charity? Kenyans are grateful to We Charity. And there would be no disclosure 
in the tweet or in the person's bio that this person claiming to speak on behalf of all Kenyans was in fact an employee of the WE organization. It quickly became clear to us that this was a, a coordinated campaign. Multiple seemingly independent accounts began tweeting very similar tweets or the exact same tweets at the exact same time, and all of them using the same hashtag. And that hashtag was Jesse Brown Lies. Jesse Brown Lies was briefly the number one trending topic in Kenya, which confused us because they tweeted that hashtag thousands of times in Kenya, a country where fewer than 700 episodes of The White Saviors have been downloaded. And it occurred to me that this was a technique that was likely to backfire. I mean, nobody was really listening to the White Saviors in Kenya, but as soon as, as this became a trending topic, it was on everybody in Kenya's Twitter page. It was the number one trending topic in the whole country. Couldn't that attract more attention to this podcast? And indeed, we did see a small spike in downloads from Kenya after that happened. So at first, this seemed like you know, a rather ham-fisted um, and, and counterproductive campaign if, if the point was to, to discredit or suppress our podcast. But then I realized whoever was behind this doesn't really care if Kenyans listen to our podcast or not. That was not the point. The point, I believe, was this. Canada Land is a tiny, independent Canadian podcast company. We have no meaningful marketing or advertising budget. When our podcasts reach millions of ears, when they cross borders, when they're heard across the United States, which sometimes that does happen, it's because of word of mouth. This was a campaign, I believe, to stop word of mouth. The people who heard our show and thought, you know, this is an important story for more people to hear and more people need to hear about how countries like Kenya are being impacted by white saviors, by organizations like the WE Organization. Uh, these are the people who took to Twitter to say nice things about the white saviors. And then immediately they were admonished and shamed by an actual Kenyan person telling them, you know, stay in your lane, stop hurting us, stop hurting Kenyans, stop hurting a charity that Kenya desperately needs. And that did seem to work in terms of suppressing word of mouth. Once people were publicly shamed for recommending the white saviors, they stopped recommending it. And some of them even deleted their tweets about it. My read of this situation uh, at this point is that it's an extension of what happened with the scandal itself. The strategy is to keep things contained. As I've said, there has been a tremendous response to the White Saviors in Canada. Hundreds of thousands of downloads. It debuted at number one on Apple Podcasts in Canada. It stayed there uh, for almost two weeks. But that's just in Canada. So that's the update that I have for you today. I think it's important for us here at Canada Land to remember that even if we are perceived by the WE organization as their enemies, we can't begin to start perceiving them as ours, you know, e even if they do become our adversary in a courtroom setting, uh, because I think that would get in the way of our primary role here, which is to cover them, to report on them as journalists. This story is not over. We still do not know everything that we want to about what's happened in the past. We still don't know everything that we want to know about where all of the money went. But more importantly, we do not know what is going to happen next. Except to say that this organization has shown us that it has every intention of regrouping, rebranding, reinventing itself, and carrying forward in other parts of the world. So perhaps one day there will be a, a full sequel to The White Saviors. Until then, I'll keep you updated on this feed as information comes in. Thanks for listening.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire who basically runs the place. Justice will not be served in this case. She's going to get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a Campside Media original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.